Welcome to the Heat Check Podcast. I am your host, Chris Patrick. It is Sunday, August 20th, 2023, and this is episode 20 of the Heat Check Podcast. We've been going for over a year strong now, so glad to be back here. It's our August episode, of course. I am joined today by my co-host, Mr. VSP Tallman, Scotty Scheffler's putting coach, and the undisputed Drift King of Phoenix, Michael Benjamin. What's going on, you guys? Drift King. Banging on your eardrum like Talib Kweli. What's going on, fellas? Glad to be back. Oh, jeez. Yo, yo. We are uh, almost to football season, fellas. We're going to have some... Cardinals regular season action in just a couple weeks. Uh, the college football season starts next week, so we're in the dog days, but we're getting to the end of it. Right now, just the Diamondbacks playing and really not much else going on. So this episode of the Heat Check Podcast, we're going to lean real heavy on talking Cardinals, the long-awaited prediction of how their season is going to go. We're going to break down game by game, let you know what we think is going to happen and our predictions on the overall record. And then we'll check in on the D-backs, see how they're doing as they're still fighting to try and stay in the wild card race and make the playoffs for the first time in quite some time with this new young roster they've been working with. But fellas, before we get too far into that, Mike, I want to ask you, man, how's your summer going? It's going great, man. And it's finally wide winding down the hundred tens i know it's going to be a little bit hot for the next two weeks but it's been nice and cool here in the phoenix metro area so i'm loving it i just wish i could get some rain but maybe not like california so uh (laughs) man give you that earthquake i really thought we were going to get some of that hurricane hillary uh spinoff or uh some of the the fringe elements of that but uh it's a little cloudy but uh it hasn't been raining too much but tallman how about you how's your summer man it's hot, man. <laughs> Dude, it got uh, fucking roasty there for a little yeah, bit. Yeah, brutal. Um, it's good. Sugar Sean came through last night. Oh, Ooh, yeah. Sean O'Malley. That's right. You're gearing up to, to do the Tom and Ticket. Have you been uh, studying, yeah, getting your uh, your shit together? Uh, study. Studying's for losers, <laughs> man. I ain't studying shit. Well, it's like almost all the odds for the games are already up yeah, there. So you all, could what, start yeah, week one. A little bit. Yeah. Now, well, I'll be on the beach in Mexico. I'll be putting together that first uh, that first Tom and Ticket for y'all. So There you go. And make sure you check out the Tom and Ticket. It will be up on TikTok every Sunday morning throughout the football season. And that's at AZ underscore VSP, of course, on TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, and then Valley Sports Plug on Facebook and YouTube. You know where to find us. Hey, yo. Anyway, we're glad to have you back if you're listening on the Spotify or the Apple podcast or even on the YouTube. We got this out everywhere for you guys. So love it. Leave a comment. Let you let us know what you think about our predictions here as we roll through the Cardinal season and anything else we talk about. We'd love to hear your uh, feedback on that. But guys, let's go ahead and get right into it. Talk about the Arizona Cardinals. They are 1-1 one and one in the preseason. They'll play their last preseason game, their third one against the Vikings in Minnesota next Saturday afternoon late morning 10 a.m 10 a.m there you go so how much stock do you really put in these preseason games especially once it starts getting to the the third week i honestly don't put too much stock into it especially with this regime in a whole brand new light they're leaving things off the field right we're not really going to see what this team and what this offense is really made of until we get rolling into the regular season but it has been good to see some of our new pieces out there and what we might have for some backups as well. 
you know, when we played the Chiefs yesterday, Clayton Toon, I think, did a little bit better than Colt McCoy. He was uh, he was only 50% on completions, but did some damage on the ground with six carries for 35 yards. Comparative to Colt McCoy, only five for eight for 25 yards. Did lots of Dinkin and Duncan, lots of behind thrown receivers, short on, you know, back shoulder fades. Uh, we're in a pickle right now for who's going to really be the guy to start this season until Kyler Murray comes back. Uh, but it does, it is a little bit eye opening as well for guys like Isaiah Simmons specifically with his new position change going into safety. We're seeing some of the struggles that we saw from him in his previous time with one on one coverage, you know, specifically against tight ends. But now he's going up against wide receivers, and it was a glaring weakness of his last night. He didn't really do himself any favors. He made a business decision not taking a hit on uh, backup Shane Buchel. And, you know, there's a reason why he didn't get that fifth-year option. But overall, Chris, when it comes down to preseason, what, these starters are seeing two or three drives, if that. And now with one less preseason game, guys are getting even less field time. So you're not going to really know what you have until you're really hitting week three or four when the full picture starts to kind of come to light. Yeah, I, I think I'm with you there. Like I said, they're one and one. They uh, squeaked out that first win in the first preseason game against the Denver Broncos. Um, and so I don't know. I might be reading into it too much, but I'm almost led to believe based off that that we'll be able to compete with the lower ring teams, the less competitive teams. And we're and then that when we get kind of molly whopped by the Chiefs. So we're we're obviously going to struggle against the good solidified teams. Is that is that a fair assessment? Tallman, how, how are you feeling about that (laughs) well we haven't gotten our predictions yet but uh, i i don't know if this team can win a game honestly um i know i'm gonna i'm gonna shock you guys with my prediction when it comes down to it It, it's gonna be crazy but i mean preseason dude preseason is just it's it's a waste of time i mean but maybe not for the cardinals it's kind of special because this team the talent on this team is so i'm gonna use the term lacking that some of these guys, I mean, in the preseason, like we, we don't know who our starters are. Like what's the offensive line going to look like? Our defensive line is looking pretty thin, right? So we don't, it's, it's a big workout for everybody, but uh, you mentioned Isaiah Simmons. I don't know what they're doing, putting him at safety, man. I, I was shocked. I mean, that was his, the worst part of his game was in pass coverage. I don't know what the fuck they're thinking. Excuse my language. I was the first well, one to no, say that. I part. thought they were going to switch it up. I thought they weren't going to have him doing that anymore. No, that, that he's listed as a safety. Oh, jeez. Yeah, and that's the worst part of his game. I don't. I don't know what they're doing. Honestly, I mean, it's it's like if I went, oh, hey, Cody, you're you're so good. Uh, it's like me cutting your hair. You want me to cut your hair? No, that's, <laughs> I'm really bad at cutting. I don't know how to cut fucking hair. Oh, hey, Isaiah Simmons, go go protect some go uh go into pass coverage and try to you know run down a tight end or something it's he's it's terrible but um it's gonna be a tough season and i'm pretty i've been wanting to do these predictions for a very long time so oh, we know oh yeah tom has <laughs> been bugging to us for the last two time. months man uh, but i can't wait to get into it 
Yeah, no, I, I really I look forward to this, and I like to wait till we're closer to the season, kind of like how we wait till we're closer to the season to do our fantasy football draft, because you never know what's, what could happen, how the teams will be affected by injuries or signings and things of that nature and developments and players' recovery. I mean, just some stories with the Cardinals. We signed, uh, was it Marion Mack? Marlon, Marlon Mack. Mack. Yep. And uh, within seven days of being signed, he's out with a season-ending injury. So it's Less like, than seven, yeah. So it's like one week you might think, wow, we okay, we're building up our running back core a little bit. And then by the end of that week, you're like, oh, right back where we started. So I mean, you're, you got to take the good with the bad, though. I did want to I want to draw some attention and conversation to this. Our uh, friend of the show, Shevin Nooney of Dynasty Rewind, tweeted out, the Cardinals need to throw Clayton Toon in the mix for the first few weeks. They know what they have in Colt McCoy, and it's not great. Why not give him a shot? I feel like we've kind of had this conversation a couple times before, but like I said, now that things have kind of developed and we're starting to see what we might have in Colt McCoy, I tend to agree with Chev there that I think they should give Toon a chance, especially in a year where we have no expectations of making the playoffs. I I knew Chev didn't like Colt. I mean, I called it, right? Well, I mean, he is a, a <laughs> Oklahoma fan, right? He's, but he's also a realist, so yeah, you got to yeah, No, that. I get it. It, it, make, it makes total sense, but... Um, I don't know. It's I've, I'm going to stick by it, and this is going to be the hill that I die on. Colt McCoy gives you the best chance to win games. It, I mean, it does. He's a veteran. Yeah, they're both learning a new system, but he's been there, done that. He knows he's going to learn that system quicker than Toon, right? He's, I mean, he's been there. He's been the guy for us. He's won those games for us last year when we needed him to. He gives you the best chance to win football games, and right now this coaching coaching staff, it seems like they want to win. They want to build that that winning mentality, and I mean, if you roll the rookie out week one, it's it's not doesn't seem like that's what you're trying to do. I think that there's an argument to be made there. I don't disagree with you completely, but with Colt McCoy and like I said, we've been seeing the past couple of weeks. I think his arm's a little bit of a concern where he just doesn't quite have the oomph behind it like he used to and he's definitely no Peyton Manning but we even saw that towards the end of his career where he had the noodle arm the going. noodle arm yeah so it's like he can dink and dunk and manage games sure but is that a gonna win us games and b gonna be best for our long-term success as a team I'm gonna hit you with the micism right off the bat guys he's no spring chicken he is no spring 38 chicken. years old I mean it's just only a matter of time <laughs> the legs slow down the arm weakens and we've been seeing it within the two games that we've seen from Colt McCoy to start. But that can go back to your first question too, Chris. How much stock do you really put into preseason? You just can't because if you're only going through one or two drives, you're not getting within a rhythm of a game, right? You know what teams normally do first 15 to 20 plays are scripted and then you have to adjust throughout the game and you are, you know, switching to RPOs or, you know, really hammering the running attack or just playing off of what the defense is giving you. And when you're in there, the first two drives, those are all scripted plays. So you can't really get within it. So at the end of the day, I'm siding with Tallman. Yes, Colt McCoy gives you the best opportunity to win right now because he's been through it. He's seen it, right? But Clayton Toon, there's a lot of unknowns, but we've been able to see that he can be a difference maker with his legs, which Colt McCoy just cannot. And Clayton Toon is not scared to throw the football down the field as well. And good point. with the weapons that we do have, you know, we have a couple of smaller guys, but we got some speedsters in Hollywood Brown and Rondell Moore. And now a bigger guy who sounds like he's edging his way into the starting lineup from his performance during training camp in Michael Wilson. You got some guys who 
need to get the football. And Colt McCoy has just been struggling right now. It's, it's I don't know if the age is truly catching up with him, but you know, I'm really excited to get into the predictions here because some of these are based off of who I think is going to be starting within those first five to six weeks. And, you know, it could really change when it comes down to who gets named the starting quarterback, which, I mean, when are we going to find that out? But it's preseason, though. So you're worried about Colt in the preseason. But what he shows in the preseason is a preview of what he's going to show in the regular season, though. Yeah. Because even if he's only going one drive or one quarter, whatever, it's still what he's going to do in the regular game. But the first uh, the first game, what he was like. He's pretty good in the first game. I mean, I know there was a lot of dinking and dunking, but I mean, dude, this team. Well, that, exactly. I don't know what you guys are expecting, but this is going to be a dink and dunk team, dude. We're going to run the football, and then it's going to be third and four, and he's going to throw a a screen pass, dude. It's I. He's not going to throw the ball down the field. Dinking, and, and then you want Clayton Toon to throw the ball down the field. Yes. I mean, I dinking and dunking is like a losing recipe. Yeah, but we're not going to have. This is not going to be a vertical offense, man. I just don't. Without Kyler Murray, I, I don't see it happening. Even with Am Kyler Murray, how that? is it going to switch? But to at least a Kyler can throw the ball, man. When it doesn't get batted down at the line of scrimmage, <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. All right, but I, I got to hit you with a micism, uh, Mr. Benjamin. Let's pump the brakes. We'll get to the predictions. I just want to get some uh, some foreplay out of the way here and uh, kind of grease the wheels here on the thought process going into all this. I, I'm looking at the box score here from the preseason game uh, this last weekend. Uh, where we were taking on the Chiefs, we lost 38 to 10. Again, I don't put really any stock into the final score of these preseason games, but it is an interesting insight into what we might see. Um, just straight away, the first thing I notice is Clayton Toon had the most rushing yards out of any Cardinals player with 35. The next closest was Keontae Ingram, who had 28 yards on seven carries, but he did also have the lone touchdown for the Cardinals. Is he starting to solidify himself as that uh, RB2 behind James Conner? I think he has to. And thank God somebody is stepping up within this, you know, running back room. You know, on our season preview that we had with Chev, I was worried if you're thinking about taking James Conner in fantasies, if he's getting 25 carries a game, guys, I hope he makes it to midseason because that's a lot of wear and tear on a guy who's getting closer to 30, as we know it. And Keontae Ingram. He's a young guy. It's his second year out of USC. You know, he should be able to spell James Conner, maybe get eight to 10 carries a game. I think once again, I'm with Tallman. We're going to be run heavy because we're going to have to be. So if we have somebody who has shown they can get four to five yards a carry, we're going to need it. We're going to need it to push this offense forward because there's still the unknowns with the offensive line, even after you draft Paris, Paris Johnson, right? Junior, yeah. Junior. I was going to say Paris Campbell. I'm like, that's a, <laughs> wide <laughs> that's, that's a wide receiver. That's not him. So there's just so many still unknowns with this Cardinals team. But thank God we're finally getting somebody to step up. And who knows? We might not even be done seeing if we can bring in somebody before the season starts. Or, you know, after the first few weeks, if there's some guys that don't make those final 53 on the rosters, we might be able to get a flyer and somebody who can, you know, get five carries and spell Connor as well because we're going to need him for the long haul, fellas. We are absolutely going to need him for the long haul. 
I, you, you might be right there, and I. But I'm just wondering. I've never been fully bought in on James Conner, even with some of my Steelers ties and him coming over here uh, the last two seasons. He's never rushed over a thousand yards in a season. Never played 17 games. Never played 16 games. Only one of his six seasons he's played so far has he played 15 games or more, and that was in 2021, his first year with the Cardinals, where he had 15 rushing touchdowns. So I'm looking at last year's number: 13 games, 782 yards, and seven touchdowns. Tallman, is it realistic that Ingram could be RB1 at some point in the season? No, I no, I don't think it's realistic at all. Um, I think Connor's got he's got that job locked down. Um, and, and I hear you. He, he doesn't run over a thousand yards, but it's all about the all purpose yards. I mean, the dude can catch the ball out of the backfield and that's going to be crucial for this team. Even if we're going to sit here and talk about Clayton Toon uh, starting at quarterback what does every rookie quarterback need? They need a running back that can catch the football out of the backfield because that is their safety net, right? James Conner is going to be whatever quarterback starting without Kyler Murray. James Conner is going to be that safety net for that quarterback. And it's all purpose yards, man. 15 touchdowns, that's... That's nothing to that's nothing to shy away for. That's incredible, man. No, and he also had three receiving touchdowns that season, so eighteen total yeah, yeah. offensive touchdowns. Not bad. And that's he, not bad. But that's in a that's in a bubble. Like that's yeah, one but season. he's so yeah, he gets he'll get you fifty yards rushing and he'll get you sixty yards receiving. That's still a hundred yard game. Oh, you're right. That's not bad, right? And also he's a power back where you can push it in on the goal line. So I I don't think his job's in jeopardy whatsoever. Keontae Ingram's great, but it's like I mean, he's like that fast guy. He's a smaller dude, you know? He's not that power back like Connor is. So, I, I don't know. He Connor's your, your every down back. He's a, he's a three down back, right? He can catch the ball and he can run the ball. So, uh, I, I don't know. I, I'm just waiting to make sure I can pick him in the fantasy draft next week. <laughs> right. Well, like I said... I think he's going to be good. He's going to get some points. Well, like I say, though, in bringing up those concerns with his availability and his ability to be injured True. at least at yeah. some point every single season <laughs> i think just by that logic it's possible that ingram could be rb1 just based off injury so i hear what you're saying if it comes down to if they're both healthy based off performance you probably ride connor throughout the whole year but when he inevitably goes down then our our roster in the running back position is very shallow i mean mike who do you roll out then in that situation after those two guys is it Corey clement is it amani demarcado uh is it some other guy you just randomly scoop up once cuts have been made th- this uh you know in the next couple weeks here if no roster moves have been made i'm probably going with Corey clement just with his tenure with the team you know being around the organization and that kind of stuff you want to give those kind of guys an opportunity but like we say you know, if James Conner goes down, we're signing somebody. We have to, right? You just have to make yeah, sure there's point. enough bodies in the room at that point. And who knows? I mean, I think we've already come out um, on kind of a national stage and said that Kareem Hunt is not an option just because of the locker room headache he could create. And, you know, Jonathan Gannon and Monty Osafort are trying to set a precedence that we're going to do the right things in every facet, right? Not just yeah. on the football field, but how you carry yourself, how you're a teammate, how you're a person at the same time. So who knows, man? It could be one of these guys, like I said, that you know doesn't make a roster, is a third or fourth year guy who's kind of jumped around for a little bit and then finally finds their opportunity. But it's not going to be a world beater. It's not going to be somebody who is all of a sudden an all pro, unfortunately. 
Yeah, I don't think we're going to have any guys on our team that are just like breakout surprises. Uh, but I want to see them, you know, like I keep saying, I want them to not embarrass themselves. I want them to look organized, set up plays. And if, if they don't work out, if the defense gets the best of us, then at least we played, a, I want to see us play a solid four quarters of football to the best of our ability. And just, yeah, with the way the roster is constructed, like I'm not susceptible to believing that they're going to be fighting in a lot of these games. We will get to the predictions. I don't mean to keep teasing that. We're going to get there. I, I promise you. Uh, just a few last couple of guys I want to talk about. And Mike, I do want to actually uh, pick your brain a little bit on what you saw in this last preseason game. It seemed like uh, you and I were kind of watching the highlights back together. And it was a lot of like, throws behind the receiver a couple dropped passes and, and some lapses on defense like what were your biggest takeaways there I I mean first and foremost Colt McCoy uh, just struggling to put the ball on the money uh, we saw you know a clear third down where he threw behind Trey McBride that would have been right at the first down line yep uh, I think one of the other plays was Hollywood Brown had kind of gotten a step on a guy and they went to throw back shoulder but it was about five yards behind him so those are kind of things that are a little bit concerning. Still not putting too much stock in it like that. And I, I this is something that's been a constant conversation over the past couple of seasons as well. But this defensive back room, not only – you take Buda Baker out of this, right? Because of course, yeah. Buda Baker is your team leader and things are just running so much more efficiently when he's on the field. But when he's not – they're struggling to find an identity and find a true leader out there. And Isaiah Simmons played later on into the second quarter after the first teamers, you know, sat down. And that was where it seemed like more of his flaws started to come out, unfortunately. Yeah. But I'm still not sold on this cornerback room whatsoever as well. I mean, I think Marco Wilson can finally take a step and be this team's first defensive back, right? But what yeah. is that really saying? I mean... Antonio Hamilton is still kind of up in the air, unknown, and how often are we really going to be able to go in man-on-man coverage, or are we going to really have to just switch to zone a lot because we're just so worried about setting these guys up and working one-on-one and really shutting down teams? This is something that this Arizona Cardinals team has struggled with since the days of Patrick Peterson where we could never get a bona fide second guy on the opposite side of him. Yeah. And now when you lose somebody like that and you're still in scramble mode for the past couple of seasons, you know, the best way to mask that is to get great pressure from the upfront seven. But that's another thing that we are we going to be able to get that. Yeah. When we lose 18 of our 36 sacks from last year in Zach Allen and JJ Watt, you know, Mm -hmm. I know we have some up and coming guys like Cam Thomas, but our defensive tackle position is still just, it's something we're going to have to address early next year in the draft. And, you know, is Zayvon Collins really going to be able to put it together off the edge on a consistent basis? Because this is a new position for him as well. He's learning the same way as Isaiah Simmons is. So going to be worried about those defensive backs, especially when it comes up to some of these matchups with teams like, you know, Philadelphia. Oh, and Cincinnati. I mean, look, we'll we'll get into it. Well, exactly, though. And one of my concerns is that as the season rolls on and the tape comes out and teams are able to study what your game plan is. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong here, Tallman, but that was one of the criticisms of Gannon in his time with Philadelphia is by the time he got to the Super Bowl, 
they they knew what he was doing. His schemes and the way his players were setting up defensively, it was so predictable that the Chiefs just ripped him apart. And granted, the final score ended up being you know fairly close when it was all said and done. But there were some plays where Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid just made that defense look silly to where Jalen Hurts and the offense had to carry him to stay in that game. Uh, I'm looking at the roster here right now, and while we're in uh, training camp, uh, the Cardinals have 11 cornerbacks on the roster. So they're probably going to shave that down to, what, four or five, probably, somewhere in that ballpark? Five, yeah. Five. And, yeah, I, I just I get what you're saying, Mike, about you need the, the front to kind of make up for that. But a lot of what I was seeing is them not getting any pressure on the quarterback. The pocket stayed open and allowed guys to make their reads. And when they weren't there, roll out and scramble. Even guys like Blaine Gabbert and the other Buckholds guy or whatever the hell his name was, he was running over us, too. It was like... So they didn't even need Patrick Mahomes. Again, it is preseason, guys, so we'll pump the brakes a little bit. But, Tallman, like, is it, are you sharing similar concerns as uh, Mike and I here? Uh, a little bit. I mean, to talk real quick on the Super Bowl, I mean, the biggest hit on Gannon was, I mean, we all, everybody watched that game. And that second half, where were the adjustments? There were no adjustments, right? Uh, I mean, he, you're right. I think of the second half, there was, like, two plays where, uh, There's a wide open Chiefs receiver, and he just fucking waltzed in for for the touchdown. But another thing that kind of makes me feel better about that is, you know, we actually have a head coach. If you guys remember, Cliff Kingsbury was an offensive coordinator, right? He was meddling around in the offense and just said, "Hey, Vance Joseph, you know, just, do whatever you yeah, want. Yeah, you you take care of the defense. I I want no part of it." So we actually have a head coach, right? So, Rollis, I think Rollis is gonna he's gonna be able to shine, right? I don't think there there's gonna be uh, Gannon, you know, meddling in there. I know he came out in a press conference and he said, "Yeah, um, I was calling for a play, and then Rollis called me off or shaped or waved me off, and I'm glad he did because he was right." So he's gonna be that CEO type coach, and he's gonna let his coordinators do their job where we didn't have that before. And finally, we have a defensive-minded coach, where last time we had a defensive-minded coach was, we had him for one year. Do you remember his name? He's suing the Cardinals now. Oh, oh, I got this. Oh, my gosh. I can picture him. I know exactly what he looks like. He had uh, Josh Rosen, right? Steve Wilkes. Steve Wilkes, there you go. And then if you look back in history, dude, we haven't had a defensive coach for... Years, years until Steve Wilkes, right? Bruce Arians was what offensive? Yeah, um, who's quarterback guy was for. Um, uh, do we went to uh, Wisnut? Wisnut, he was offensive. Yeah. So if you think about, we finally have a guy that's worried about the defense. And I said this before, where the 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 part of the team that's going to surprise everybody, I think, is going to be the defense. And we need that to happen because this offense is not going anywhere until Kyler Murray gets back, and that's just the brutal truth. So. Yeah, I mean, in theory, I think you're right, like on paper, sure. But like Mike is saying, like what we're seeing, the product on the field, the defense is looking a little, not disorganized necessarily, but like a little maybe discombobulated and getting beat here and there and just maybe not being in the right positions, not making the right reads. But it is, yeah, the defense is really going to have to step up to even give us a chance. 
Um, but I do like what you're saying about Gannon being a defensive minded coach, actually being a head coach. And he has a lot of trust in his guys, uh, Nick Rallis and Drew Petzing. He's letting them do their thing. And uh, one of the anecdotes I really liked hearing um, that I thought was interesting is comparing like to Cliff Kingsbury in the preseason when the before the first preseason, they asked um Gannon, if he was going to have Kyler wear the headset and call him plays, which is something that um, fuck, Kingsbury, Kingsbury did, yeah. had him do, and and Gannon was just kind of like, oh, I don't know, he can if he wants to, yeah, like, I'm, like I don't I'm, care, I'm, yeah, I don't care, <laughs> I don't I'm not going to make him do that because he trusts Kyler Murray. He's he's given him a little more leash, and I think Kyler's going to respond to that. Whereas like I'm not being treated like a kid, I'm not being like babied along and told to do homework and call plays and all these tests and stuff. Gannon's like he's a professional. He's been here for a while. He's been in the league long enough. I trust him that he's. if he wants to have the headset on and listen, sure. If he steps comes up to me and says, hey, let me call a player or two, I'm sure he would let him. I don't know. I don't. I didn't follow up on that to see if he did. I don't think he did. Um, but another cool thing I thought as far as like the camaraderie and building culture here is, that Gannon did is he, he made it a rule where if you're on the sideline and if you're not going to play in that game, you can't, you're not going to be in street clothes. You're going to be wearing Cardinals gear. And most of the guys, I think at least in the first game that I saw, were wearing their jerseys. Even if they weren't wearing pads, yeah, they were still wearing their, their jersey, their jersey yeah. on the sidelines. So that, that says a lot to me um, as far as like how the culture is shifting. And it gives me reason to be optimistic. Maybe not for this season, but, but going forward, I mean... Mike, would you agree with that to some extent? Yeah. What's the old saying? Rome wasn't built in a day, right? Yep. It's going to take time. And as Cardinals fans, as hard as it is to hear is we just have to have patience. And that's probably the toughest pill to swallow because <sighs> how many years have we had patience, right? And things not come to fruition. But when you have so many changes from front office organization to the players on the field to your quarterback at the start of a season to your main defensive weapons, there's going to be some learning curves and there's going to be struggles to start, but they're putting their best foot forward and setting a precedence, which is the best you can do before you actually start playing meaningful football games. So uh, I'm, I'm at two thumbs up right now with what's happening We'll see when we get to week four or five, you know, we're, we're going to be back. And, and I know Tallman's going to be throwing chairs around for, <laughs> for a couple of times this season. But what is it? We just got to pump the brakes, baby. Just pump pump the brakes, brakes a little bit. All right. I got one last uh, one last little question for you guys. And then we'll, we'll dive into our predictions here. Give the people what they want. I know. I got to I got to build the suspense, get the drama, you know. Um, no, my question here, though, I'll, I'm going to ask both of you, but I'll, I'll defer to Tallman here first. If there are any guys, who do you think is going to be a breakout player this year? Some Someone who's going to make maybe not a tremendous leap, but is going to progress to where they could solidify themselves being a member of this team for a while. I mean, just looking in my brief uh, research here, I'm, I'm looking at Greg Dorch. I'm looking at Rondale Moore and Trey McBride. And, and it doesn't have to be just the offense, but those are three guys that I could see really stepping up and excelling their careers this season is there anybody that jumps out to you Tallman it's gonna be Michael Wilson just kidding <laughs> that's um, your boy <laughs> did he even play in the last game uh, he did I, I'm I, sure I didn't did. see him on the stat sheet anyway all right I'll, I will uh well just because he wasn't on the stat sheet okay well then he didn't get dinked and dunked to by uh oh way Colt to go McCoy. yeah uh no in all in all seriousness um who I really think is gonna really take the next step 
I know you already questioned it, but I really love his new position. I think it's going to be Collins, man. I think we're going to be talking about uh, a dude. I think he might. Okay, I'll throw it out there now. He has double digit sacks by the end of the season. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm really, I'm really, I'm really thinking that. And somebody also, I think, who's going to get a lot of playing time at the same position, the Barbarian. I think. Who is the Barbarian? Dennis Gardeck. <laughs> uh, I think uh, I think Gardeck's gonna. That. He's dude. He was a guy. What? Remember he he played like was like forty snaps and he had like seven sacks or something. Do you Sheesh. remember that? I don't. But that's yeah, incredible. That, yeah, dude. You kind of you kind of remember that, right? Um, but I think those two guys are really really going to surprise some people. I know our last. Uh, preseason game. I mean, losing thirty-eight to ten. Obviously, you sit here and say, "Wow, what the defense do?" But in that first game, when you saw the ones out there, uh, starters were starters. I mean, dude, Collins and Gardick were all over Russell Wilson's ass, man. And I think we're going to see a lot of that pressure throughout the season. So that's. I think Collins is really going to. I think he's going to come in a true form. And I think this position change was absolutely huge. I think it was great. That's a good one. Okay, Mike, same question for you. Well, obviously the number one guy who's going to surprise and just take an absolute leap forward is our kicker, Matt Prater, the 39-year-old. <laughs> oh, I'm waiting for him to come into his own. <laughs> really start making an impact in this league. The NFL's all-time leader in 50-plus field goals made. Did you know that, Tomlin? I had no idea. That's crazy, isn't I did it? I not know that. Okay, obviously we could put a couple of names out there from camp what we've been hearing from a lot of guys on the team is their real infatuation with our new cornerback Keytrail Clark they like him a lot man 5'10 177 out of Louisville I know I think he was still battling some injuries so he'll probably be back a little bit later but we've been hearing some really good things um, tight end Trey McBride I think with his opportunity to get in that starting lineup he's going to show more physicality and have the ability to catch some balls. Obviously, we still have a lot of wide receiver weapons out there, um, but I think he's going to take a step forward. But guys, honestly, just from what I keep hearing, the number one guy, and I know this is going to be favorite by Tallman, it's Michael Wilson. It really is Michael Wilson. He's been a stud in camp. He's been making play after play, and he's a bigger receiver, 6'2". Uh, what was he listed what, at? Two oh nine. What plays has he made? He hasn't done anything in the preseason. He's made a few grabs. I think he, he did. He was too free in the first game. What did he do in the last game? The biggest thing is he's going to get the, his opportunity on the field. He's going to start opposite of Hollywood Brown when it comes down to it, and no, they're going to switch in Rondale on. Moore in the slot with Greg Dortch in the slot. What about I know Pascal? they listed Zach Pascal as a yeah. starter, but I think he's just That's kind a of a filler. Guy, it's a no, Gannon. Pascal's a Gannon guy. He's it's a Gannon Eagles. guy, but one thing that this regime has shown has shown to start right now is they're going to give opportunities to these young guys to get them and put their feet to the fi- the fire as they should. Right. I yeah. okay. So if he starts, say he starts week one, right? He's he's wide receiver two. He doesn't last eight weeks. No, no, because he gets injured. Eight, or? Yeah, he gets injured. Look oh, at this okay. dude. He can't even. All right, the dude can't even go through a full college football season. You think he can go through six, so, 17 games in the NFL when he's playing against faster, stronger, How is that different from James Conner? How is that, that different from Rondell Moore? 
How is that no, different no, from I'm, half of these guys? We're talking about in Michael Wilson. We're not talking about James Conner. But there's a lot but of you're guys using the same logic. Yeah. I I didn't see here and argue with you that James Conner is not injury prone. He is. We're talking about Michael fucking Wilson. <laughs> so you just have a, you have something. Like, I never. No, I think see, it was I a can't bad, believe was a you have pick, such. Dude. You're so bad flaccid pick. on Michael Wilson. He's, like he really gets you down. Like he's it's be a really bum, crazy. Dude. I'm telling you right now. Is it because he went to Stanford? Because he's probably smarter than no. you. Is that what it is? <laughs> no, I mean, Stanford's a great school. Don't get me wrong. Okay. Uh, no, look look at his history, dude. What what has he done? He hasn't done anything, man. And like I said, he can't even get through a college football season. How is he going to get through the fucking grind of an NFL season? Uh, better, he's not. He's better, not going to. Uh, training staff? I he's don't not guess. going to. So a guy can never overcome. His, it, right. A guy can never overcome his injury history. Is that what? Like, so James Conner is never going to play more than 15 games in a season? Probably not, dude. All right. Well, at least well, as long James as we're Con- being honest about James it, James Conner's been hurt like every year, right? Every every year, every he's year. missed games. Yeah, every yeah. single year. That's just part of the NFL game, though. Was like, he, was you're he always going to have Nick was he hurt every year in college? Games. In college, like, he, we, we don't know. Michael cancer Wilson was. In college. He had, he had, <laughs> is that an injury? <laughs> it might be. <laughs> he had lymphoma, huh? Yeah. Oh yeah. man, we did not laugh at that. Right. I, I I just think Style my biggest thing with him is since we're struggling with some size in the wide receiver position, you have to have some kind of balance. I mean, we saw it last year where we struggled because all of our guys were like 5'10 and under, and we couldn't throw deep balls. I mean, yeah, we had A.J. Green, who was, what, 6'3", but he was a step slow, and it showed. (laughs) This guy is only 23 years old. Yeah, he's come off some injuries, but when you're younger like that, your body should bounce back a little bit better. And if he plays 12, 13 games, I still guarantee he'll make he'll be able to make some kind of impact. He can be a red zone threat. I don't I, we're probably not going to have to look at him for deep balls on a consistent basis because we already got guys like that with Hollywood Brown and Rondell Moore. But you're going to see him make those 15 yard zone catches. You're going to see him get some balls off of seven yard outs and he's going to get some good opportunities to really flourish within this offense because it's a change of pace. And that's what you need on the football field, right? It can't all just be one way. You can't all just have all Megatrons, 6'5", crazy, right. tall guys. You can't all just have bruising backs. You got to spell some guys, and he's just going to have all the opportunities in the world to prove you wrong, Tallman. And I fucking hope he does, okay. man. Because then I will buy his jersey for all you. All right, all right. And I will you heard it here it, first. I will gift it to you and we'll put it on so the So you mean you, you didn't like when they would throw the end zone fade to Rondell Moore? Yeah, not a fan. Dude. To the shortest person on the fucking or, uh, team? Or John Brown? That yeah, was yeah. It was like, what are you doing? Gracious. Why? Why are you doing that? Yeah, no, Mike. Or, DUI Michael Floyd. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> no, Mike is on the money here because Zach Pascal and um whoever else are the only or and Michael Wilson are the kind of the only two taller receivers where it's um lose my train of thought here uh Greg Dorch and um Dorcher Rondell Moore they're only 5'7 yeah. they're yeah. little guys so you yeah. do need these taller receivers and Michael Wilson has shown when he is healthy that he can be a a decent receiver so I think obviously same with Connor the trick is keeping him healthy keeping him in games which I think is t- we'll perfectly, see, dude. We'll see. I'm reasonable. telling you, man. Do you guess anybody want to bet or what? You want to put some money on it? 
put uh, some money on. Are we it. betting yards? Are we betting receptions? Are we, or are we that betting he, games that he played? plays? That he plays the whole season. Games played. All right. Oh, I'm not going to bet that. I wouldn't bet that anybody yeah. would play the whole season ever. I would never. I don't do think that any bet. Cardinals player is going to play 17 at games. any position. At wide receiver, in running back, any maybe position on the football field. I would never bet that okay. somebody then, will play a full season. We'll, we'll keep it easy. Okay, hold on a second. Right, maybe the only twelve and a half. Maybe the only person I would bet that would play a full season is Josh Allen because he's a tank. But that's oh, like that's, true. that's, that's true. like the only God. guy. The that... stroke session continues. <laughs> it's the carryover from Wednesday. Wait, are you just saying that because he's on your fantasy team, Mike? <laughs> you oh. know it. Wait, who are you keeping, Mike? Josh Allen. I'm putting oh. the I'm putting the good juju out there. For There's the going to be at least two quarterbacks off the board when we start the draft. You're not keeping a quarterback, are you? No. Okay. No, I would keep. Would I keep Joe, Joe Burrow? Would you keep Joe Burrow? No. I would not. As he says in disgust. <laughs> as, Joe, Joe, Joe carted off the field. Uh, yeah, as he's out with a calf injury already after not even a preseason game, just a freaking practice. What? Whatever. I'm. I got no love for the Bengals, so I, I don't want to get too too carried on down that road. But, fellas, I think it's that time. What do you say? Is it? All right. Hold on. And this is the moment Tallman has been waiting for. Since the schedules Six came out, time! literally since like May or June, uh, before any undefeated any signings, Michael or moves. Wilson's gonna be hurt. God, still, Michael Wilson lives rent free in your head, doesn't he? Really <laughs> yes, does. he does, dude. <laughs> him and Jace Peterson, those oh, are your two favorite start with Valley Jace. sports athletes. We'll get to Jace. Don't oh, worry. Oh, it's like fucking Carson Kelly, man. Oh, all right, keep going. All right, I've buried the lead enough. Uh, this is the time of the year before the Cardinal season officially kicks off where we go through their entire schedule and we give our predictions game by game and then obviously tally it up and uh, let you know what we think their overall record will be at the end of the season. Of course, the Arizona Cardinals are starting on the road in Washington, D.C. to take off the Commanders while they're still named the Commanders and uh, see how that goes. Um I'll just start off right off the bat. I think that is going to be our very first L of the season, and we're going to be 0-1 coming home uh, for Week 2. We'll go counterclockwise here. So, Michael Benjamin, Washington, Week 1. So, I'm looking at this one like Colt McCoy is going to start the season for the Arizona Cardinals, and I still have a lot of unknowns when it comes to Sam Howell. I know they have some good guys like um, Scary Terry and Jahan Dodson, but... I think oh, bitch. I think Colt McCoy will be able to figure it out and put it together that first week. So I'm going to schedule the Cardinals with their first W on the road for the year. Oh, okay. One one for the loss, one for the win. Tallman, the deciding uh, vote here. Yeah, I'm going to follow Mike. I'm going to go W. Um, even though Commanders have a very uh, very tough front seven on that defense, it's going to be a challenge. But I think uh, I think we're going to pull it off. So I'm going to give them a W. All right, well, you are against the sports books as they have Washington at minus six for this week one. Dude, matchup. we're not favored for a single game. Damn, almost oh, a touchdown. Though. That's an important point to, yeah, but... <laughs> uh, to remind the folks there, Tom, and you are right. We are not favored to win any game. There are a couple words close. Um, the lines at like minus two uh, for the opposing team, but we'll, we'll get into that. I'll, I'll keep mentioning stats and, uh, or not stats, um, the odds. Uh, and obviously those are those are subject to change, right? Like as the season rolls on, yeah, we yeah. see what teams are made of. Those are gonna those are gonna switch up a little bit. So hey, maybe at some point in the season the Cardinals will be favored to win a game. Just depends. 
Um, but we, in the sake of time, let's keep things rolling. Week two, we'll be back at home for our home opener against the New York Giants at State Farm Stadium. Um, you know, they got Daniel Jones. Uh, they Saquon is begrudgingly back on the team. And so I don't think they're, uh, they're no slouch. They're not a bad team in the NFC. I think this will be a 0-2 Cardinals team after week two. Yeah, I got this one scheduled as our first loss of the season. I think the Giants are going to take a little bit step back. I mean, they did make the playoffs last year, but Saquon finally kind of got paid, and Danny Dimes will figure out a way to get it done, and the Cardinals are still going to be struggling at home to start this season. At least that's what I got on my list. So I got an L against the Giants as well. All right, two L's. Giants at minus five for this one, Tallman. Oh, big L. Um, rest in peace. Rest in peace. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. Um, I disagree with Mike. I don't, I don't think they're going to I don't think that Giants team is going to take a step back. I think they're the real deal, as hard as it is to say. Um, but I think that's a double-digit loss for the Cardinals team and another uh, disheartening loss at home. So not just a loss, a double-digit loss. Yeah, they're going to get absolutely stomped. If you ain't got money, you don't scoop a honey, right? <laughs> That's big oh, elephant. I know. Come I was going to say, no, I'm, ref- no, I'm trying to remember the next it. line. It, it's oh, like, yeah, and if you're yeah. not copping loot, you won't yeah. be knocking no boots. Yeah. yeah that's okay. That's, yeah. that's what I was trying to yeah. think of the next that's line. That's all right, man. We know you're not a true hit. Double digits. Head. Damn. Yeah. Double digits. Double digits. Yeah. Double digits. Yeah. All right. All, all I right. said was big L. Go to, sh- go fuck yourself. <laughs> wow. All right. <laughs> all right. So. Keeping on the trend of tough games, uh, we will stay at home for week three and take on the Dallas Cowboys, who are oddly being in the conversation for Super Bowl contenders. Kind of caught me by surprise. I mean, I just don't. Maybe it's just me like thinking the Cowboys are going to cowboy and Dak Prescott being a very underwhelming starting quarterback. Um, but they do, like you said, Tom, and they have uh, Tony Pollard. Now they got rid of Zeke and they got a pretty solid defense. Uh, that's looking to help carry them through these games. So the Cowboys, I think this is going to be another L. This is going to be 0-3 Cardinals team at the end of Week 3 and probably uh, another double-digit L. Kyler Murray's old buddy from Oklahoma, C.D. Lamb, is going to have his way with this Arizona Cardinals secondary. So, yep, definitely scheduling this one as an L. (sighs) I mean, honestly, it's going to be the Cowboys and the Eagles fighting for the NFC, uh, the NFC East. So I think they're going to be decent, more than decent, most of the season. But it's going to be easy for them to come in here in week three early in the season and take care of business, unfortunately. Another big L. Rest <laughs> in peace. Uh, no, this is going to be another, another loss for the Cardinals. Um, I... I don't believe in Dak Prescott whatsoever, but uh, that Cowboys defense is the real deal. And I think we're going to be looking at another big loss. And it's going to be Tony Pollard's going to have a rushing touchdown and a receiving touchdown. And we're just going to be ran off the field. Do you think Micah Parsons has a case for uh, defensive player of the year this year? Yeah. Oh, big time. He, he, I, I think he's the best defensive player in the NFL. Ooh, this might have something to say about that. Well, as long as TJ Watt is in the league, I don't think there's a chance of that. But all right, but he, but Parsons does everything though. Okay, so does TJ Watt. 
No, he just he runs off the line and tries to sack. All right, we can drop back and okay. All right, all right, all right. right. No, he can't drop back into coverage. He's like Isaiah Simmons trying to cover somebody. Get out of here. All right, so we're gonna hit the road for week four and go play Brock Purdy and the San Francisco 49ers over in California. The 49ers probably gonna be the division winners again. So, um, guys, I promise I don't have the spoiler alerts. I don't have them losing every single game. I know it seems like that right now, but at the end of week four, I think they're going to be 0-4, and, and the sports books tend to agree uh, at the line being set for San Francisco at minus 10.5, Mike. Damn. Minus 10.5, dang. My goodness. Like you said, proverbial pick to win the NFC West Double-digit wins for the 49ers this year. I don't care what's going on in that quarterback position. I don't think there's any chance we go into San Francisco and take this game. Probably another double-digit loss, like Tallman said. Could be reminiscent of Week 18 of last year, unfortunately, in J.J. Watt's send-off. Hopefully we can score more than a flea flicker Hail Mary pass to A.J. Green. But, yep, this is an L. So, Mike, you're right now at one and three, if I'm one keeping and three. up. One and three. And Tallman, you're at one and two. I'm yeah, assuming I'm gonna it's going to be one and three. I'm going to be one yeah. and three, too, as well. Um, one, three, two. No, one and three. Uh, it's going to be a loss. It's, they're just going to be too, they're gonna be too purdy for us. Um, eh, I mean, 49ers, it's, I mean, it's sad that all they need is a game manager. And I'm sorry, Brock, I'm not calling you a, a game manager. But that team is just way too talented. Where it's it's going to be an, an embarrassing loss. I think we're going to get we're going to get whooped, absolutely whooped. Because they're they're a team that can do it on both sides, right? They're not just like a strong yep. defensive team that's going to carry them. They also have Fred an offense Warner, that can score. Yeah, Caffrey. They're just going to wreak havoc on us. So that's 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 wild. I feel like the 49ers really got into shape there pretty quick in a couple seasons and hopefully that's kind of a similar blueprint that the Cardinals follow where they draft well, they make some decent moves in the offseason and I mean, I know you're maybe Clayton Tune is going to have a similar track to Brock Purdy where he gets a chance to show what he's got and he comes in and he's like you said a game manager but also able to show that he's capable of playing at the NFL level. But that's just me. Now Heading over to week five, we will be back at home again, taking on the Cincinnati Bengals and maybe Joe Burrow, probably by week five, Joe Burrow. Yeah, he's good. Um, but right now, what I'm looking at, uh, it's, there are probably some sports books that have odds for this, but I'm seeing no no lines for this um, through Caesar Sports. So I don't know if that's just like a question mark because of the Burrow injury. And uh, Mike and I were talking a little bit about the AFC North before we started the podcast here and he kind of asked me what I thought the Steelers chances were of winning the division and I think they're better now than they were in years past just because I think the Bengals are going to take a step back and not be as good I don't think the Browns are really going to be all that hot of a team so you're really just looking at the Ravens and the Bengals and possibly the Steelers to be in that conversation but in the context of the Cardinals season and week five against the Bengals I still am going to go ahead and say that that's going to be an L and we're going to be an 0-5 football team. You know, I'm a little bit different from Chris when it comes down to the Bengals. I think they might be able to put it together this year, even with the Joe Burrow injury. He should be back in time for this game. Uh, so when it comes to playing the Cardinals, I mean, you got that three-headed monster when it comes down to Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, and Tyler Boyd. Like we said, with the unknowns from the secondary, they're going to have plenty of opportunities to make some big plays. Joe Burrow's going to throw for well over 300 yards in this game 
And it's another L at home, which is, what, one in four for me. This is going to be a tough start. Okay, come on, you know I'm gonna say it's another L. Just say um, big, just a regular <laughs> L, big, big L. Recipes. <laughs> All right, um, this is actually the game I want to go to this year. Um, so if, if you guys are feeling it, let's go. This this be a fun game to go to. Um, mostly because I mean, this is the Bengals, dude. Joe Burrow is he's an ultimate Chad, dude. Uh, Jamar Chase is probably <laughs> Giga Chad. I think he's he might be. As good as Justin Jefferson, I think he's one of the best receivers in the game. Um, Joe hits, Joe hits Mixon. Uh, bet you he gets two <laughs> two rushing touchdowns. We're going to see a chase touchdown over thirty yards. Uh, we're going to lose. We're going to lose very handsomely too. Uh, it's going to be. A, I bet you it's a thirty thirty something to ten loss for the Cardinals. Oof. I think especially when you consider that the Bengals have a guy on their roster named Mac Hippenhammer. <laughs> Watch out. Watch out for, for Mr. Hippenhammer there. Oh, man. That's like incredible. It. Yeah, and that Bengals game is the weekend before my birthday. So uh, if anyone it's wants October to... October 4th, right? 8th. 8th. Fuck. If man, anyone wants to give me some, some tickets. Hey, it says right now tickets as low as $40 for that game. So, hey, that might be in the cards for us, Tom. Easy money. But after that, um, we're all taking L's for the Bengals. We'll be on the road again for two games. In week six, we're taking on the Los Angeles Rams in L.A. Uh, see what Sean McVay and uh, Matt Stafford are doing over there. And uh, I think that uh, the Rams aren't quite as good as they have been in years past, and they're kind of starting to slide back. But they still have Cooper Cup. They still have, uh, like I said, Matt Stafford, and he's a, a veteran quarterback who's been around for a long time for a reason he's a good game manager even though he's getting up there a little bit in age um, but I'm still gonna say here in in LA uh, it's it's gonna be I think it's gonna be a closer game I don't think it's gonna be a double digit loss but I I still think the Cardinals are gonna lose this one and we'll be 0-6 man yeah these ones are always tough when you start looking at division rivals you know the past couple of seasons I'd probably say five years and previous it seemed like we were always splitting with seattle where we would go to seattle and win right and then they'd come here and we'd always find a way to lose i think that's kind of the nature of what's going on with us against the rams right now so i got this one scheduled as a win i think we're going to go to la and and get some decent momentum i mean obviously coming off of a four game losing streak that's going to be tough but you're going to be able to get up for a division game and that's going to be win number two for the season for me i'm gonna go l um i'm just gonna uh foreshadow here for you guys i think we're gonna go win less in the division um through the whole season yes correct spoilers yep so i think we're gonna lose this game i man i don't don't know i don't i i mean you got aaron donald you said cooper cup matthew stafford is hell of a quarterback better than anybody i mean better than who we're going to have starting at quarterback. So um, I think it's going to be a close game, though. I can't sit here and say every game's going to be an embarrassing loss. So I think it's going to be close. Uh, but I think the the Rams will pull it out the end. Yeah, and the sports books agree with you. Uh, the Rams slated at minus 3.5 to win this one. So kind of along lines of what I was saying. Not a double-digit loss, but still likely inevitably going to be a loss for the Cardinals there. Um, But like I said, we're going to stay on the road. We're going to head up north to Seattle and take on the Seahawks. 
They got, uh, you know, they are rebuilding a little bit. Um, they're, I think, a little bit further along than we are. They got, uh, who is it? It's Gino? Gino Smith? Gino Smith, Gino Smith. Yeah. Man, what what a way to he's revitalized his career up there in Seattle. He, he had a pretty pretty solid season last year. Is he the dude that got his jaw broken on the Jets? I think so. That sounds right. Yeah, he was on the Jets, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah, yeah. All right, I think he got punched. And all right, anyway. Yeah, so. no, and you're right. No, you're good. You're good. And they got they got uh, DK Metcalf. They still have Tyler Lockett, right? Yep. So their offense is pretty pretty down pat. They always seem to put together a pretty solid defense too. Caesars has them at minus seven, and I agree. This is going to be an L for the Arizona Cardinals. We're going to start the season zero and seven. Ooh. Oh, it's seven to start. Ooh, that doesn't sit well, does it? That stabs me right in the heart. I mean, yeah, I think the Seattle Seahawks are going to be fighting with the Niners for the division crown. They'll be a couple games back. Might come down to the last couple of weeks to see who really jockeys in front there. But Geno Smith doesn't have to be a world beater for this team to you know be successful right now. They got a solid defense. I think Kenneth Walker is going to have a monster season, to be honest with you. Uh, I also like their new rookie, Jackson Smith, out of Ohio State. And obviously, you can't count out DK Metcalf. Our favorite guy that we didn't draft. Never, we never got Isabella. Never live it down. But yeah, this is an L. This is an easy L to schedule to go into Seattle. I don't think we're going to have a chance. And that's why Steve Kime is unemployed right now is because he didn't draft DK Metcalf. He bought into the 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 slander that was I, I don't maybe not slander. I couldn't find the right word there. But basically, what I was going to say is they in the pre-draft stuff they were saying DK Metcalf doesn't have great hands. Obviously, he's a big body and he's pretty fucking fast. But his hands weren't there. And then as soon as he hits the league, he just fucking hits the ground running. And he was able to make some pretty solid plays, including that one where. It was a Cardinals player that he chased down, right? Was it a Buda Baker? It's Baker, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely nuts. And I don't know if Baker just thought that he just had the clear shot to get all the way home, but Metcalf certainly wasn't going to let that happen. Uh, but Tallman, you, you said L, right, Mike? I did. You did? Okay. Yeah. Tallman, what about you? Yeah, it's a loss. Um, go look on your local sports book. Go bet on the Cardinals to go win this in the division. It's going to pay off. Um, That's a bet you can make? What? what are uh, yeah, it is. Yeah. For them to wow. lose. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, you guys already mentioned it. I mean, their defense is going to be great. I mean, they're back to that Legion of Boom status bullshit, as much as I hate to say it. Um, and Pete Carroll needs to go die somewhere. I'm sorry, Pete. Does, I didn't mean that. Does every bird team have the no-fly zone? Some iteration Some of, it. of it, probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. probably. <laughs> who, who knows, man? Team's too good. Metcalf's absolute specimen. Lockett's faster than hell. Uh, this team loses. Uh, I don't think it's close. Uh, I think we lose by 14, 17 points. Wow. So just checking in with you here, Tallman. You have them at 1-6 uh, and six to start the season? That is correct. My goodness. And Mike, you have them with 2-5 two, two and five at this point, right? Unfortunately, that's where I'm standing at the moment, yes. Womp, womp. So I thought I would be the biggest pessimist. I didn't think I would be the biggest pessimist here. I kind of thought it would be Tallman. But so far, I'm proven to be the one. Um, but we're going to keep on trucking here. We got week eight. We'll be back at home after those two road games. And we're taking on the Baltimore Ravens and Lamar Jackson. I have a special kind of hatred in my heart for the Ravens. It's kind of been uh, bred into me uh, through my upbringing. 
Um, but I've harped on that enough, so I won't dive into that. But I, I as, as again, like me and Mike were talking about the AFC North. I don't have any faith in the Ravens. I don't believe that Lamar Jackson is a elite quarterback. I think he's a good quarterback. Don't get me wrong, but he's an even better running back. And I just don't know how that's going to really serve them in trying to do anything more than be an above 500 team every season. Um, with that being said, I think the Cardinals do have a chance to be competitive in this game. But again, it's going to be a loss, man. And we're going to be 0-8 to start the season. You know, Chris, I don't know. It sounds like a little bit of bias is leaking into your thoughts when it comes down <laughs> to the Ravens. I mean, Lamar Jackson, yeah, he's no game manager. He's shown that he's been able to be a transcendent. Uh, offensive piece he won an mvp and the guy got paid finally so he's just gonna be able to let it let it all go out um hopefully it doesn't go all out in his pants and he'll just go back into the locker room like he did (laughs) you know in the past couple of seasons but you know jk dobbins finally healthy hopefully i don't know what they really get from odell beckham jr especially a guy who hasn't played you know in a while but there's just different echelons when it comes to football teams and the Cardinals are at the very bottom. Even if the Baltimore Ravens are middling, they're going to win this game. So this is another L for this Cardinals team. Yeah, well, and if I was so truly biased in my Ravens hatred, I would have taken the Cardinals to win. But even despite all my loathing... Your, t- your overall bias for their success is is showing but that's okay well and maybe that's what you're supposed to do okay fair exactly but maybe that just also speaks on how little i believe in this arizona cardinals team also a couple different angles there but tallman okay so we got me mike and i are taking l's here are you taking a regular l or a big l here no it's gonna be a regular l um i disagree with your uh, your summary of the Ravens. I think they're going to be a good football team this year. Analysis. Um, analysis. analysis. Paralysis by oh, analysis. The Barbarian. No. It's time. We're going to put um, it in the torture chamber. It's the torture chamber. It's time for us to lose this game. Uh, <laughs> I think Lamar Jackson, he's a good He's a good quarterback, man. I mean. But is he, he a better running back? He's well. That's the funny thing about it. He's good at both things. So, and I think OBJ is going to be a very decent complement to that offense. Um, Do you know what OBJ stands for? Your mom. One big oh. joke. <laughs> 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 yeah, I mean, look at he's going to have a similar uh, impact like he did on the Rams. I think at the end of that uh, that run for the Rams. Uh, but we're going to lose that team. Or we're going to lose to that team. We're going to lose that game. They're leaps and bounds ahead of us so loss all right all right well we'll roll into week nine uh to close out the first half of the season and taking on the cleveland browns in cleveland and the east coast it's going to be early november so i don't think it's going to be snowy yet it's going to be cooling down a little bit but historically the cardinals have not done so hot on the east coast especially as we start getting later in the season and the weather cools down um, but honestly, again, my maybe my AFC North bias coming out here, but I'm going to give the Cardinals their first win of the season. I think they're going to beat wow. Deshaun Watson wow. and the Browns. And on top of that, my bold prediction is I think this is the game that Kyler Murray comes back for. Ooh, I'm, like, I'm putting it on wax. I like that. I mean, it should be right around this time frame, right? If If you do it the right way. I know he wants to come back early, but... If you're talking about long term, this is really should this really should be the time frame where Kyler Murray is coming back. But yeah, this was one that I kind of went back and forth on. 
Deshaun Watson finally got some film under him last season after coming back in. He's had a full off season to work with this group. I think Nick Chubb still has maybe one or two truly great seasons left. Uh, at, he's 27 years old. Um, and then Amari Cooper, man, he's just still a stud. I think the Browns figure out a way to win this game at home. So another L for the Arizona Cardinals on my front. What what week is it? Week nine. Week nine. Okay. First week of November. All right. I think uh, I think Kyler comes back week ten, um, and I think in this in this scenario, a scenario. What the fuck am I saying? Um, what's the scenario? The what's the what's the scenario? All right. Um, I think the Cardinals are going to have to sue Deshaun Watson. It's going to be a civil lawsuit because they are going to get rubbed down son um cardinals gonna lose this game uh I'm, I'm with mike chubb's too good cooper's too good deshaun watson i don't know i mean i think he takes a step forward this year i think he gets closer to his texans form not quite as much but i think we're gonna lose this game and i don't trust that team on the road I just don't know if the massage parlors are as good in Cleveland as they are in Houston. So I don't think he's going to take any step forward. Uh, But yeah, interesting. Uh, We'll have to see there. I mean, a lot of games are going to be played by then. A lot of, I expect, changes, injuries, what have you, will have occurred by then. So who knows what the team will be looking like. Um, Kind of to piggyback off, though, kind of what you're saying there, Tom, and you said you think Kyler's going to come back week 10. Um, and that's a home game against the Falcons, and we'll, we'll get our predictions there. But just real quick to pick your brain, um, do you think it's more likely that they would wait for a home game to bring Kyler back? You don't think it's possible they'll bring him back on the road? You know, I don't, I don't know if they're really thinking that much into it. Um, would it be ideal to bring him back in a home game? Absolutely, right? I mean, he's in his backyard. You know, I mean, that's would be seem. It would just make sense to bring him back. But I don't know. I don't think they have that type of reservations where they're going to keep him if he's ready to go. I don't think they're going to keep him from a road game. I don't. I don't know if that's really, really has that much impact on that decision. But I think they're gonna they're gonna ease him in, man. They're gonna ease him in. They're gonna spit on it first before they go in. <laughs> this podcast is <laughs> off the fucking rails, but I absolutely love it. Mike, I also want to pick your brain on this a little bit because as we're talking about this, uh, if correct me if I'm wrong here, but the Cardinals have historically been better on the road than at home in the past, in you know, in the recent history. So I think that kind of brings credence to the argument of, again, I, I, I'm with you, Tom, and I don't think they're really thinking about home or away, but maybe bring them back on the road to give them a better shot at, at getting a win, getting some, uh, uh, what is it, air underneath his wings possibly but at the same time i think it honestly would be more beneficial to bring him in at home especially like say you go to cleveland he starts and we get drubbed like that'll be tough for him to come back the next week against atlanta because then you're going to have a lot of mixed emotions from the fans right if his first game is week 10 against atlanta you have no tape you have the drudgery that you've gone through for the first nine weeks where we're all thinking that this team is going to really struggle. I mean, we got a tough schedule to start, so it would be more beneficial to just get him on the field for the first time at home, toss out the ineptability that this team has had at home over the past couple of seasons and just get fans juice to have him back on the field. But yep, I'm with Tallman. 
you're not thinking about that. You're just thinking about as soon as you could get him back on the field and get him rolling is when you're going to bring him back. I think that that's how it should be. I mean, you want your best players to play when they're available. And so if Kyler's available earlier and it's a road game, bring him back. If he's available a little later and it's a home game, bring him back. When he's ready, when you're confident in his abilities, you put him out there. So we'll roll into week 10, come back home and take on the Atlanta Falcons. And this is going to be an interesting one because the Falcons aren't a crazy good team either. I mean, Who's going to start there? Is it going to be Desmond Ritter? Is it going to be Tyler Henneke? Uh, I'm looking at this roster here, guys, and aside from Kyle Pitts, nobody's really blowing my mind for the Falcons' offense. So Bijan. Bijan? Yeah. Maybe. I wrote in a win here, so I think Cardinals are going to have some momentum. They're going to win two straight and kind of start getting as much on track as they can. I think this is where it starts, so I'm I'm. This is where I start to become a little more optimistic in the Cardinal season, and I'm taking uh, taking a win here against Atlanta. Lots of previous talk about K1, and I'm with Tallman. This is the week that Kyler Murray finally makes his appearance back. The juice is going to be flowing in the building. I don't trust Desmond Ritter as far as I could throw him. I don't <laughs> trust Taylor Henneke as far as I could kick him. This is a W for this Arizona Cardinals team because, yeah, Bijan Robinson might be a runaway for rookie of the year. He's going to get fed like a, a little baby. He's going to have plenty of opportunities to, you know, see what he can do for this Atlanta Falcons offense. But with Kyler Murray coming back in the fold, he doesn't even have to have a super stellar game for this team to win because it's just going to be electric in that building. And one of the other aspects to this as well is I know we've seen a lot of opposing fans in our building over the past couple of seasons. Oh yeah. Does Atlanta's fan base really travel that much? So we could have an actual home field advantage in this game too. And to have Kyler Murray back for that one, I'm writing this one as a dub. Okay. Okay. So Mike and I have Cardinals beating the Falcons. Tallman, you on the train? Yeah, uh, I think it's Kyler Murray's first game back. Uh, I think we're gonna we're gonna give him the W. All aboard! We're gonna give him a W. We're gonna give him the W. Uh, Bijan is beast, though. I think he's gonna take the fucking NFL by the storm, or he's gonna by the storm. What the fuck did I just say? <laughs> he's gonna storm the and he's gonna he's gonna be take that by guy. Hillary. He's going to. <laughs> Do the things that we think that he's gonna do, uh, but it's gonna be a big W, not a big L. Big W. Big dubs. Um, yeah, I I think it's gonna be great. I like it. Starting out the second half of the season strong with a dub against the Falcons. Cardinals don't let us down because uh, in Week 11 we're gonna roll out to Texas in Houston and take on the Texans, and that for my money, will also be a W. I think we're going to continue our momentum from the previous two games where the offense starts to figure it out. Hopefully we have K1 back by then. We're staying healthy. James Conner's still playing, going strong, and we're going to be having a three-game win streak at this point in the season here in the middle of November. Am I crazy, Mike? You're not crazy on your end, but it'll be a win streak on my end. We're going to win this game, and I know Tolman has talked about this a bunch. Win or lose this game, you win because... We're talking about the potential <laughs> of having both of these picks at the end of the day. So whether you win or lose, uh, this is just the battle of the bottom feeders at, the, at this point. But you know, with Kyler Murray back, having his legs, 
uh, not completely back under him, but having, you know, the previous week to see some film, start to figure things out a little bit more. And Houston's just too young and they don't have very many pieces to go with them. I think we go in there and take this one. Yeah, unless C.J. Stroud just comes in and is absolutely crazy dominant. But I don't even know if he's going to be their starter because Davis Mills was, for for some people, serviceable in the last season. And now I'm looking, They I don't know if they had him last season. I can't, can't say for sure. But Case Keenum is also on this roster. So you have another guy similar to Colt McCoy who can be a game manager who you can throw him out there and feel comfortable. But again, ba- battle of the bottom feeders, man. You might be looking at the two worst teams in the football at this point in the season um but i'm sorry mike you said win got a dub got a dub all right tom and you on the dub train yeah um i think i'm on i'm on the win side um i mean it doesn't matter what side the w goes on but we'd like it on our side so uh i'm I'm gonna go ahead and say cardinals win that game um it's gonna be ugly one for sure (laughs) talk about a game that would never be flexed to prime time horrible (laughs) they'll put Um, it on Friday night. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they got that sh- maybe, maybe they'll just cancel it. It's going to be so bad. Wednesday afternoon. Uh but yeah, I am thinking uh thinking of W. I mean, our our quarterbacks a lot more talented than their quarterbacks. So uh I think it's going to be W. All right. Awesome. So I, I think I got a three-game win streak at this point. Mike, you and Mike a two-game two-game win streak rolling into week 12 where we're going to come back home and we're going to take on the LA Rams for our second meeting of the season and I think this is the one where we get the win I I know historically again we've won more games in LA against the Rams than we've won at home against the Rams so I will say I think it's going to be a split 1-1 whether we win the first game or we win this one but I, I think for the purposes of this list and going through with these predictions with the knowledge of where the team might be at at that point in time, figuring out the offense, having Kyler Murray back, fingers crossed, I think this is a dub, and we're going to look at a four-game winning streak, guys. Could you believe that? The season is saved. Hallelujah. Praise <laughs> the Lord. Uh, Chris, I'm against you on this one. This is the L that we take. I'm oh. with you, though, that we split against the Rams. Uh, there's something. The Rams just always come here and handle business, and if Matthew Stafford can stay healthy... I know Kyler Murray will have some momentum going into this one, but Aaron Donald will wreak havoc like he normally does, and the Rams just find a way to win here in Phoenix. So this is an L for me, unfortunately. Yeah, uh, I with Mike, I'm going to continue my uh, my stance of we're going to go winless in the division. Uh, as long as Stafford's healthy, we're, we're losing that game. I I don't know. I, it's it's going to be another loss for me, dog. Yeah, and I know, I, and anyone listening, you know, this is a lot of ifs, especially once we start getting later into the season. As we keep saying, things are very much so subject to change, especially as it goes to, I mean, almost entirely as it goes to player health and who's going to be healthy around that time. And Matthew Stafford is no spring chicken, Michael Benjamin. So it's very possible that they could be, we could be looking at a backup quarterback. But also, Stafford's a pretty smart player. I think he's able to to get rid of balls when he needs to and keep himself in the game. Uh, and we'll have to see, though. I think we're are we all on the same page though? They're going to go uh, split with the Rams, or Talman? Did you have no? 0-2? I said uh, oh, yeah, with the Rams. We're not going to win the division. Again. Hey, I'd say this: even if Stetson Bennett is playing that game, the Rams are going to win. Oh wow! All right. I, I wouldn't go that Oof. far. I um, mean, yeah, there's I mean, not, they, will, they will find, pass, they will find a way. It would <laughs> it'll be crazy, but they'll find a way. I'm telling you. There is the hot take. All right, guys. So we're going to roll into December and week 
13, the game we were hoping to attend, but the logistics just didn't work out. And I know I'm going to watch this game wire to wire, and that is Arizona Cardinals in Pittsburgh to take on the Steelers, Kenny Pickett, TJ Watt, George Pickens. This is Patrick Peterson. This is going to be a double-digit loss for the for the Cardinals, and they're going to break that that four-game win streak that I have them projected to be, and uh, they're going to lose to the Steelers in Pittsburgh because it's going to be cold, and uh, I just don't think it's going to be. I don't think it's going to be a win. Double digits, Tolman. Can you believe that? Hmm. You feel that? Oh, you said double digits. Double wow. digits. Yeah, double like two touchdowns or more. A big L. Rest in peace. No, <laughs> not a big L. A massive. No, no. L. <laughs> a massive rest in peace L. TJ Watt is going to sack Kyler Murray like four times in this Oof. game. Oof. If he can catch him. <laughs> I think the unfortunate situation when it comes to Pittsburgh, obviously we have the bad tidings from the Super Bowl, but the previous couple of times that we've gone to Pittsburgh, things have just crippled away and, and welted, and it's just been bad. It's just been all bad. And if you have to go in December to Pittsburgh and win – even with a couple of wins in the previous couple of weeks, no, I don't think the Cardinals win this game. Unfortunately, double digits. I don't know. Maybe the closest double digit loss, Chris, I'll give you, it'll be 10. It'll be 10. Okay. It'll be 28 to 18. Some way, some way we get 18 points, whatever. Still double digits. Okay. That'll be the closest, but no, I got an L on this one as well. Yeah, I'll, I'll go. I'll go. L. Um, Steelers are by no means world beaters. Let's say that right now. Keep sleeping. Uh, it's Keep gonna, sleeping. It's gonna be a close game. Um, I bet you in that game we're gonna see loser ass Patrick Peterson get burnt uh, for some touchdown by Michael Wilson. Yeah. By Michael. <laughs> no, Wilson. no, no, Mike. Michael Partell. He's Benjamin. Not, he's not gonna be playing in that game because he's not gonna be healthy. Uh, because Ooh, he can't make it that long in a season. He, he, that's, he's capped, dude. Come on. It's a college season right there. He can't make it. Uh, but I think it's a W. I think it's going to be close. Uh, but I think, like Chris said, on the road, cold in Pittsburgh, terrible towels fucking waving around. Uh, I think they'll find a way to beat the Cardinals. Just find a way. And Caesars has him. <laughs> you upset about that? <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Minus six and a half. Um, Steelers favored in this one. And uh, yeah, for all those reasons, it's I think we're all on the same page. It'll be an L. Hopefully it's a good game, though. I would like to see a good a good fun matchup there. Uh, guys, let's keep it rolling here. We're going to come back home, make the long trek back to Glendale, and we're going to take on the 49ers. Actually, I'm sorry. First week 14, we're actually going to have a bye week. And we're going to win that. And week, we're going to win the bye week. We're gonna get healthy. No, we're James gonna lose. Connor, we're James, gonna lose the bye week. James Connor will probably have been injured for three weeks by then, so hopefully he'll have some time no, to rest he, up. He said and... the wrong name. It's Michael Wilson. <laughs> oh, He's maybe he'll be having surgery that week. Maybe it'll be both. Oh, surgery. Oh man, it just keeps going downhill. It's for worse Michael. and worse. Uh, yeah. Sorry, Michael. Not yeah. sorry. Uh, so week four after the after we, we have to go lick our wounds after getting beat by the Steelers. Have week fourteen off, but then week fifteen we're gonna come back and uh, take on the 49ers. And that one again, I think just the 49ers are gonna be pretty dominant in the NFC West, and uh, we're gonna go zero to two from this season. So that's an L for me, dog. Yeah, I mean at this point the Niners are gonna be either trying to sure up the division or fighting for you know where their seating is gonna be in the playoffs. So they're not gonna take this one lightly. And their fans travel incredibly. So I wouldn't be surprised if we get drowned out in State Farm Stadium by yeah. 49ers fans in this one. And this is going to be an definite L, unfortunately. 
it's it's a loss. It's gonna be another. Uh, well, we played them in Mexico City, right? Um, right. It's right. The Barbarians. Stop it's it. Time Stop it. For another loss for the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, yeah, that's a big time loss. I mean, we already talked about it. I mean, 49ers are just <laughs> way too good for this team. L. It's going to be an L. And after that, we're going to go on a little road trip, have two games away in week 16. We're going to be in snowy Chicago taking on the Bears. The Bears. And this game is on Christmas Eve. Is there any chance for a Christmas miracle? I don't think so. This actually, I lied. I think so. I think it is going to be a Christmas miracle. I don't <laughs> think the Bears are that incredible either. So I'm Bears. We're gonna after a, a couple of losses he in a row. Forgot what he wrote down. I did. Shut <laughs> up. Uh, we're gonna beat the Bears. We're gonna beat the Bears. So the, uh, Justin Fields, bum. He's not not gonna be anything special. Oh, Chev, I'm sorry about that one, man. Here's the truth. It's gonna be cold, like Chris said. Might be snowy. But I need some holiday cheer right before the day. And Kyler Murray likes Chicago. So I'm writing this one in as a W. I think this is going to be a dogfight of a game. I really like the addition of DJ Moore for the Chicago Bears. And I think they're heading in the right direction. But we know any given Sunday, any team can win. Even the worst teams. And I think the Cardinals figure out a way to win this one. Okay, so we got two on the win train. Tallman? I'm going to go. It's going to be a loss. Um, oh. I disagree with your assessment of Justin Fields being a bum. I think he took a decent step last year. I think he's going to be a serviceable quarterback this year. Like Mike said, DJ Moore, great addition. Uh, man, I bet you at that time uh, that time of the year, those, those Bears are going to be looking pretty good in their division. I mean, the Packers taking a Packers are not going to be the Packers next year. The Vikings, I don't know. I don't know if I believe in the Vikings. Uh, they might be fighting to win that division. So uh, I don't think the Cardinals are going to pull it off. I think the Cardinals get only Cole for Christmas. Loss. He's the Grinch. Tallman is the Grinch. Uh, yeah, Caesar Sportsbook minus five for the Chicago Bears. So not by a touchdown, but by a field goal and a safety, I guess. I don't know. Uh, okay. All right, I respect that, Tallman. Um, another uh, holiday game. Uh, after that, we'll stay on the road and we'll take on the Philadelphia Eagles on New Year's Eve. And again, in Philly, uh, probably going to be a bit chilly, possibly a bit snowy. Caesars have them at minus 11, and I think it should be minus 21. <laughs> if we're being completely honest. Yeah, I think they're really... I especially think that... Spread. I, I, don't, I don't know what... I don't think there's any heart feelings necessarily, but I think they're going to want to give Gannon a little present as, as his, at his first year at head coach. And there's going to be a little bit of personal um, you know, angle to this. So I think it's going to be an L, a double-digit L against the Eagles in week 17. You know, as much as I'd love to say that the Cardinals go in and get um, redemption for Vizcanao, I mean, Vizcaino's <laughs> missed kick, it, it ain't happening, folks. It's just not happening. This is a lot of people's picks to repeat to go to the Super Bowl. A lot of people are picking them to finally win it this year. And it's going to be a tough homecoming for JG and the Arizona Cardinals. Yeah, I could see this one going to minus 14 at that point, at bare minimum, unfortunately. <laughs> so, this is an L. Yeah, uh, when it comes to that game, I'm going to make sure I talk so much shit 
about the field <laughs> in Philadelphia because the grass is just totally going to make the Cardinals lose that game, and I'm going to blame it all on the grass. It's the grass's fault. The we'll Cardinals blame it on drama lose. too. Yeah, yeah, we're going to blame it on drama too. But uh, I think it's going to be a big L. Rest in peace. Um, Lots of rest in peace. <laughs> rest in peace to the Cardinals season. Yeah, it's, at that point. it's gonna be it's gonna be a bad loss. I mean, like Mike said, that's that's a Super Bowl team, man. They have Super Bowl aspirations, and it's probably gonna come to fruition for them. So uh, that team loses. Cardinals lose. Yeah, and as you talk about the field, I, I know that's funny, but it's they do have the ability to use the weather as a scapegoat for the quality of the grass. It's like, oh, we're not playing on grass; we're playing on snow and ice. And <laughs> there, what what grass? It's basically like playing on concrete because it's so freaking cold. Uh, but yeah, guys, we're getting down to the end of our predictions here. Uh, we got L's in week seventeen against the Eagles, and so week eighteen. Our final home game and final game of the season. We're going to have our second matchup against the Seattle Seahawks. And I think that we're going to go 0-2 against the Seahawks. And it's going to be an L to end the season. And we're probably going to be happy about it because it'll make our draft position all that much better. Uh, Mike, what about you? Yeah, this one's really going to be dependent on where both teams sit, I think. For Seattle, they're going to be fighting for wildcard position, I think, at that point. And the Cardinals, I mean, guys, if we look through this, there's a couple of W's that I'm still wearisome on, unfortunately. But I think what the Cardinals really have to do to end the season is put their best foot forward. But if they're in a position to lose and solidify a top two pick, you got to do it. So you're taking an L against the Seattle Seahawks no matter what. And we only scratch out one win against the division this year. And I'm crossing my fingers for that. See, all right. So going winless in the division doesn't seem that too far fetched, right? Uh, Cardinals are going to lose this game. Uh, I totally with Mike. They're going to be fighting for that wild card spot, and I bet you at this point in the season, I mean, what I have them l- winning three games. So Cardinals have nothing to play for. Bet you Kyler comes back. He gets beat up a bunch through whatever the last six game span that we talked about, and I bet you Kyler does not start this game. I bet you this is a Clayton Toon start, and we lose this game to the Seahawks. Clayton Toon start just because the season's over, and not because Tyler's hurt or anything. Okay. Correct. Yeah, because they're just sure they're not going to run him out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Got to protect your yeah. uh, half I, a billion I bet you dollar. He doesn't, he doesn't play. He doesn't play. And Michael Wilson has a big game and ends up with over 800 yards and seven, no. <laughs> Michael, <laughs> seven touchdowns. Yes. Michael season. Wilson's yes. having knee replacement surgery. Oh. <laughs> He's getting a robotic leg. Good Lord. Okay, so it sounds like we've dug the grave before the season's even started. (laughs) For anyone keeping track at home, Tallman has their overall record at three wins, 15 losses, and Michael Benjamin and I taken a little bit of a different path to get there, but we predict they will be 5-12 and on the season. So either way, an absolutely horrible season for the Cardinals. It's going to be fun. He said with meat in his mouth. (laughs) Can't wait. Well, and, and I just want to echo once again what I said, I think, during uh, the last game that we were just talking about. I'm still not even sure about some of these wins, guys. Like, <laughs> going to Chicago in the end of December, like, that's going to be a real tough game. A real tough game. I still don't really know what Atlanta's going to be doing. I, I don't trust their quarterback play. That's why you get the win, and you can get the juices from Kyler Murray coming back, but... Week one, there's still we haven't run the full playbook 
for the offense, you know, defense, we got guys in brand new positions. I'm trying to be an optimist here, right? That's why we give them five wins, but you're talking about a team that comes off of four wins. So I just want to be that type of optimist that is saying, Hey, at least we're improving by one damn game <laughs> at minimum. Because I got to give myself some hope when it comes down to that. I Yeah, you're right. And I think for me, the biggest thing in me being optimistic, and that's funny to say optimistic about them winning five, five of 17 games, is that I just really am starting to believe in Jonathan Gannon in this new regime where I think we're going to start to see a more professional product on the field a more polished product where they are subbing in and out appropriately they're not having to waste timeouts early in the game it's going to be a much better oiled machine where that is I've said it before I I, the goal my goal for the Cardinals is for them to do exactly that look organized look like they have it together and don't embarrass themselves or our fan base and I just think about the Detroit Lions team last year where they were in a similar boat everyone thought they weren't going to be anything and then they won a lot more games than people really thought they could and I don't see there why there's any reason that that could not be the Cardinals this season when expectations are in the basement you have nowhere to go but up so every game you win is better than anyone thought you would do absolutely man it's like be competitive. That's all we can ask for this season. Like we know going in, it's gonna be, it it's not gonna good gonna be a good season for us, right? But be competitive, right? Give us something to talk about. Let's. There's gonna be some embarrassing losses. There is, right? I mean, it's it's gonna happen. But at least, like you said, look like you know what you're doing. Build that new culture. Be competitive. You know. That's all you can ask for, really. That's all you can ask for. And guys, we're going to do recaps every single week so you know what's going on. You'll have our analysis. You'll have the stats. You'll have the full picture of what's going on every single week. So make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel, Valley Sports Plug. And also keep track of us at AZ underscore VSP on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter, where we will be keeping you up to date with everything Cardinals football and Valley Sports. And that was our season predictions. Talman, are you glad that we finally were able to address that and get your uh, thoughts and feelings on Wax there? Yes, I was so excited. I couldn't believe it. <laughs> Everything you'd ever hoped of. It was so, so good, dude. I know we've gone, we've gone a little long on the Arizona Cardinals, and we did say we were going to talk about the Diamondbacks. So I do want to touch on them a little bit and their season here. Is they're in the back half now in the home stretch. And honestly, after a pretty rough July and start to August, mostly start to August, I mean, guys, they didn't get their first win until August 12th. They lost, what, eight straight to start the month? So just, no, nine straight to lose the month. It was just absolutely ugly stuff, but they started to get it together. They've won uh, three series in a row now after being swept for two series in a row. Um, But as of today, like I said, it's August 20th. They are one game out of a wild card spot, and uh, maybe that could change after this Phillies game is over with. But uh, Mike, at this point in the season, with with what we know now, are we still looking at potentially making a wild card? I mean, the cards are still on the table for this team, but I'm sure we're going to bring it up here shortly. Next four series that we have, it's an utter gauntlet. I mean, you're talking about a couple of division leaders in the AL a division leader in the NL and a team that you're behind in the wild card spot, right? We're behind Philly 
three games, San Francisco half a game, and then Chicago is the one who holds the last spot. And right now, Cincinnati, Miami, and us, we're all one game back. But my favorite thing about what happened yesterday, which was Saturday the 19th, is to have a team basically be told the day before that you have to change and schedule a doubleheader and to have the mental fortitude to come out and get it done for a series W dude. That was so huge for this team, man. I mean, Tommy fam stellar, right? Triple and a Homer in his last 11 games, which is an 11 game hit streak. He's hitting three eleven, three homers, 11 RBIs. He's been a stud and he basically forced Jake McCarthy back to triple a, um, we keep, seeing Seawald basically just hold on for dear life but since he's joined the Diamondbacks he's five for six for saves so uh, you got to give him some credit there and then Gabby Moreno's grand slam to just put the cherry on top and it was also nice to see Corbin Carroll start getting a little bit mojo back going three for four in that second of the back-to-back it gives you hope right but it's gonna be really damn tough man and they're gonna have to they're bare minimum have to going to scratch out two of these series to keep themselves in the contention at the end of the day. Absolutely. And how about that second game of the doubleheader going to the bullpen to get it done? Scott McGow got the start. He pitched two and a third, zero earned runs, just one walk and two strikeouts. Absolute stellar. Maybe we should switch him to being our opener instead of a reliever. Um, and then Bryce Jarvis getting his first win in a Diamondbacks uniform. He's now 1-0. and He pitched three and two-thirds innings. He did give up the only run the Padres would get in this one, which was a home run. Um, but overall, I mean, hey, we got that win 8-1. And uh, the bullpen, despite our gripes about them, were able to, to get it done in a crucial way where we really needed to start building that momentum and what better way to do that than on a Saturday doubleheader that you weren't planning for so I think that kind of speaks on the flexibility and the fortitude of this team they they whatever happened there for for three four weeks they're starting I think to right the ship a little bit I'd still like to see the bats come back to life just a little bit more as the pitching is starting to come up to snub and uh, kind of have those those two aspects of our game leveled out and being positive contributions. But overall, I can't be too mad where we're at now. But you're absolutely right, Mike. It's kind of crazy the, the schedule we have coming up. The Rangers are no slouch. The Reds got the better of us last time we met with them. Obviously, the Dodgers have our number, and they're just rolling through everybody right now. I think they had won like 10 straight last week. And obviously, Tallman is all about the Baltimore Orioles. Uh, Talman, I guess I, I I just asked Mike this question, but to you, uh, do you think even we're just one game out? So I know it might be sound ridiculous, but are we still potentially in the position to get one of those wild card spots? Absolutely, I don't think you uh, you can't come on. You, you can't give up on this team yet. Um, it's like every every time they it, it seems like they're out of it, they you know they come back a little bit. I mean, recently we saw some very very positive things out of this team. Um, I'm very, very frightened about the starting pitching. I mean, right now we have like two starting pitchers. I, I don't know what this rotation, I don't know what they think they're doing. Uh, but right now this starting pitching rotation is awful and we're going to see so many bullpen games. And how many times have we done a D-backs recap where all we do is complain about the bullpen? So it's it's scary to hear the word bullpen or the, the phrase, better yet, bullpen game, because we don't have a strong bullpen. 
And if we can figure out how was that Castellanos? Yeah. Holy shit! Sorry. Um, <laughs> uh, we're we're bet we're betting on sports, baby. Let's go. Um, but you can't count this team out, man. Uh, was it Christian Walker has been red hot? Oh yeah. I mean, he absolutely destroyed that Rocky series, dude. And but he had like four home runs in that series or something. Yeah, and like two in one game. Yeah, two one in point. one game. I mean, he he's been on it. Tommy Pham. I was very skeptical about that addition, but he's really come to form lately, and he's been a great addition to this this ball club. Uh, I just saw the one of the pitchers they got, Trzenski, was that what it was? Yep. Uh, they just sent him down to AAA, um, so that was cool. But Oh, did that happen today? Because he, yeah, he that just ha- pitched that yesterday. Happened, that happened today, yeah. Wow. <laughs> and he, and he didn't even do bad yesterday. He pitched one and a third yeah, and I, no earned runs. I just got I just got the update. I'm, I'm not sure exactly what Breaking news. That. Yeah, breaking news. Um, but, but, oh, yeah, Walker's going Dude, finally, Corbin's getting a little bit out of that slump, which is just terrible. I mean, the, the bats are... We need the bats to come to life, right? And this team, if we could have... Also, okay, let me go back. Um, we've actually been able to win the games where Zach Gallon starts, which is incredible, man. We went like four or five Zach Gallon starts where we lost every single yeah. game. And it wasn't even his fault yeah, it wasn't necessarily. His, he, pitched, yeah. he pitched an absolute gem, man. And Merrill Kelly is, wow. I mean, we are <laughs> we should be very, very grateful for Merrill Kelly because he, he's got the stuff recently, dude. Uh, so... This team without those guys would be totally lost. So they're saving the season or what's left of this season right now. But uh, Seawald, though, man, he's been he looked shaky, dude. It's scary, like, dude. Yeah, scary. It's like, oh, here, l- l- let me give up a single, and then I'm going to walk the guy. I have a man on first and second with no outs in the bottom of the ninth. They have a two-run lead, but he gets out of it somehow. I, I don't know. But uh, like like you mentioned, Mike, what is he five for six now on saves? So he's looking like a good addition i guess i mean better than throwing out uh uh scott mcguff McGuff, no mcgow mcguff mcguff is it mcguff it's mcguff it's mcguff oh, that's what they've been saying on uh, the broadcast, i'm gonna call him mcgow mcgow um we better, got mark Melanc melancon melancon yeah that was a good one <laughs> yeah he's the con uh, but it's better better than throwing a Miguel Castro or somebody out there in the oh, night so yeah. he's oh yeah or andrew chafin <laughs> yeah, for that or matter chafin, yeah goodbye uh, so he's been a good good addition as well. Uh, I mean, I already mentioned the pitcher they sent down AAA, but have you guys heard about Jace Peterson? Oh, you mean the Jace Peterson who, since being traded to the Diamondbacks, has a 152 average with just five hits and two RBIs in 15 games? That Jace Peterson? Oh, my God. You smell that? that? Smells like shit. <laughs> that Jace Peterson, dude. He has done... He's probably had a, a negative effect on this team since he's... <laughs> <laughs> on it, I don't know how you do it. It's probably just a negative effect on you. Tom. Right, no, yeah. bro, he's the worst. I mean, fuck, give us Josh Rojas back, man. I don't care if he hits a home run or not. Rojas is better than this guy. He's a total fucking bum. I don't know what. I, but what's the leash on this guy, right? How long can they sit there and just let him go in there and go zero for four, zero for five? He's awful. He's done absolutely nothing. I don't get it. Don't get it at all. Well, the worst. He's like Carson Kelly, but he plays a different position. He's fucking terrible. Well, and the worst part about it is, we just 
with giving them Rojas, we don't, we just don't have many options. And that's why we had to go out and give the, the athletics just cash for him. And they were like, yeah, take Jace Peters. And we know what he is about. Like (laughs) if you need a, yeah, sure. He's a utility guy. Yeah. Utility batting sub 200. That's freaking fantastic. And if you look at, and if you look at him, he's been on a ton of different teams. So I guess, I don't know if it's just his defensive prowess and he's able to be a solid guy on that side of the ball, but certainly behind diamond, he is not not able to is that what they call home plate the diamond is actually just the infield right behind home plate he's or at home plate he's just not able to do anything and it's it's sad but you're right tommy fam though um while we're talking about the trade pieces he's not doing too shabby uh on the flip side he's batting 254 since the trade 15 hits three homers in 15 games so uh he did have a bit of a shaky start it seems like these guys were nervous to start playing for the diamondbacks and I don't know what Jace Peterson's excuse is, but Tommy Pham's doing good. Seawall's coming shit. into his own. He's gotten all five saves in his last five attempts. I was just so nervous after that first save opportunity he had where he gave up, I think, two home runs and like three or four runs. And everyone is just hands on their head, just shaking their head. And that was a real dark time for for the Diamondbacks because there was so much hope so much optimism um and we were starting to kind of take a little bit of a slide back but getting a guy that we thought could be a solid closer having that happen it was really nerve-wracking but now what he's been doing lately and the potential he has I feel very comfortable giving him the ball in the ninth inning with a one two three run lead and letting him close it out have no problem with that whatsoever so Dimebacks are going to keep rolling, man. Uh, it's it's interesting. I'm going to be curious to see who they bring up for the, the September call-ups. Um, we're going to have some guys. I think the roster expands to... Do you know what it expands to, Tallman? Is it 50? Oh, I, I don't. I don't think it's that much. Either way, though. Um, I do actually... One guy I do want to talk about, though, is your boy Brandon Fott. You say we only have two pitchers in the starting rotation, but Fott took a no-hitter into yeah. through the seventh yeah. inning. No, you're, you're right. You're right. Okay. I take that, that statement back. And I know... And we've been hard on him. We have been hard on him. He had a real... Oh, he's He's been getting it together, dude. He has. He had a real rough start to his MLB career, but finally starting to get it together here in his past couple starts not too bad still i still don't think he has a win i don't think he's been able to get a win under his belt (laughs) oh and six but that goes back to the same same problems gallon is having is where when the pitchers are finally starting to figure it out the bats decide to fall asleep and not do a goddamn thing to where we end up losing that game oh to four once we bring in miguel castro who earned all four of those runs for us i mean it's gonna be it's gonna be a a continued story with the pitching staff. It, it's it is again twenty eight players. Twenty eight players. Yeah, for that, a September call. They add twenty eight players. No, no, no. This is oh, your roster can roster be twenty eight players. Okay, yeah. Gotcha. <laughs> You're over here fifty. Like, Whoa. <laughs> well, no, because I think I'm confused. I'm still not a hundred percent sure because I know it's a forty man roster, but that's a that some of those forty men guys are in AAA. Yeah, and it's yeah, just yeah, like guys your, you can send up, call yeah. down, and like yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's like I'm playing the show, man. Fuck. <laughs> That's helped me learn uh, the yeah, rules right. a lot better. He's not on your forty day forty man roster. Fuck <laughs> that. Well- but yeah, no, and uh, again, um, not to just talk randomly about. I'm kind of bouncing all over the place. But Jordan Lawler got promoted to AAA, so he is. Uh, That's huge. Yeah, it's huge. Yeah, and hopefully he can find success there, like he did in Double A, and continue his momentum and track towards the majors. And honestly, I think we could see him starting 
in that shortstop position over Nick Ahmed and Perdomo. I think Ahmed's out of here after this yeah, season. Yeah, Ahmed's gone, and Perdomo, he's a young dude, but, man, he's he's had some mental errors, dude, and some of his fielding errors where I just, I don't know. I mean, he hasn't been that sharp this season, and I don't think Lawler gets it this year, but I bet you next year going through spring training, I bet you Lawler's our dude at shortstop. I, I I mean, I'd love to see him come up this year, but I mean, homeboy just got called up AAA like a week ago, so maybe we right. should pump the brakes. Gotta pump them. Slow your roll, baby. I, I would, I would kind of like to see a little bit what he's made of, but I'm with you. I think I'm, I'm comfortable waiting for Lawler until next season, especially while we still have Ahmed and Perdomo under contract. And for what it's worth, Nick Ahmed isn't Jace Peterson. He's <laughs> <laughs> nobody. Only Jace is Jace. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> only dog shit can be dog shit. Oh, yeah, can only be one. So, like like we said on the onset, this is the dog days. It's only baseball going on. The Diamondbacks are in the home stretch of their season. The Cardinals are wrapping up camp and their preseason. And this time next month, when you have Heat Check episode 21, there will be plenty to talk about. And the Phoenix Suns, right around the corner, they'll be about a month away from their season at that point. <laughs> I know Mike's excited. Let's go. But, fellas, we went long on this one. Our predictions kind of drug this out a little bit. So I'm sure there's more we could harp on on the Diamondbacks, but I don't want to talk in circles. So let's go ahead. Let's wrap this August episode up. And, Michael Benjamin, I'll give you the floor here for your last thoughts. Next time we're back, Cardinals football will be well underway. Probably have the first two weeks to dissect and talk about how we're struggling already to start this season. We're going to be in Pittsburgh going to see the uh, the Steelers versus the Browns on Monday Night Football for Chris's bachelor party. I, let's I, go. I'm just so hyped, man. But uh, let's get through these next four series with the D-backs and see where we're standing. Make sure you're keeping tabs on our weekly or our bi-weekly recaps. And, man, as always, love y'all, appreciate y'all, and that's all I got. Hey, there you go, Tallman. Yeah, um, for everybody listening out there, go buy stock in FanDuel because I, I looked at uh, s- since it. September 14, 2021, Don't I looked at it. how much I've deposited into that app. And let's just say if, if you own stock, you're going to be doing pretty good. I think I think that stock's going to rise a little bit because uh, we ain't stopping, baby. We ain't stopping. They can't stop us, right? It's the Barbarian. It's time for me to lose more money. So, um, anyway, that's really all I have. I'm very negative today. Tallman ticket. Yeah, oh, yeah, that's what I was talking about. Guys, um, if you or anybody you love has a gambling addiction, there's a 24-hour <laughs> hotline, 1-800-NEXT-STEP. You can get the help you need. <laughs> can you uh, can you send that to her? I have. Don't uh, worry. Uh, oh, okay. All right. We'll get it printed out and pinned on your wall just so you have a, a reminder there. <laughs> they need to hire me for one of those ads no but yeah make sure you're following the tallman ticket i've plugged the socials enough you know where to find us and if you've listened this far in the episode you are a true fan and we appreciate you make sure you're subscribing telling all your friends about it leave us some comments let us know what you think what we got wrong what you agree with and we'll keep the conversation going but fellas this has been a fantastic episode of the heat check podcast i'm excited to keep things rolling make sure you tune in august 26th saturday for our fantasy football live stream it's a whole lot of fun we may even have some special 
special guest joining us this year. So should be a good time. As always, I am Chris Patrick for VSP Tallman and Michael Benjamin. We will see you next time. Peace.